Back again on the mic. I love it. Um, we're in the beautiful streets of Copenhagen at Cafe Barrett, my favorite shisha spot in Copenhagen. We got a special guest here today. Um, a friend of mine, person that's been supporting the podcast, Bold Perception, since day one. A uh, very successful person, too, at a young age. Uh, it's Callie Ketterling. And she's doing a little uh, two week European trip, taking some time off work and going to a couple different spots. But I'm glad I caught her. When she was in town to visit me, and and we're happy to have you, Kelly. Can you shoot the the listeners a quick background? Yeah, so 23 from Rochester, Minnesota. Went to school at Concordia University. Um, taking a little trip, visiting my friend, starting in Copenhagen, heading to Amsterdam. Super stoked to be off work for a little while, hanging out, seeing the sights. So working HR currently uh, started for the twins when um, I graduated. Started with an internship, got offered a full-time job with them, which was awesome after a couple months. And now I am working in healthcare. Big healthcare. And you're you're in the HR section. No, you're young, too. You're, you're pretty young. You're 23 now? Yeah. 23. 23 um, finished school with a breeze. Uh and now you're, you're kicking it with uh, HR, and you're dealing with a lot of uh, older people, for one. But, I mean, HR, it's been a really kind of hot topic lately because there's been the sexual harassment cases and all that. Um, what are some some ways people can go about handling HR in, the, in their businesses? Yeah, so I think HR has a lot of, I mean, a lot of different sectors when you look at it. A big part of my role is doing investigations and employee relations problems, so dealing with the day-to-day things that, um, arise a lot of sexual harassment cases, like you said. Um, a lot of you know attendance issues, correction, corrective actions, discipline, uh, performance review issues, and definitely being at a young age, it has um, I guess given me a little bit of struggles dealing with people that are older, not always taking me seriously, um, thinking that maybe I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's definitely been a struggle, but I'd say that just uh, confidence has been one of the biggest things, and just proving to people that you know what you're talking about, you're here for the right reasons. Um, I would definitely say HR has gotten a bad rep. We're often looked at as the police or the bad the guys. Bad guys. Uh, HR's <laughs> here. What are they going to do? You know, who's in trouble? But um, I do a lot of good things too. You know, training and development, recruitment. There's a lot of different functions of HR that I think people don't always realize. Um, we really focus on attaining top talent, retaining good talent. I mean, when you think about employees, they're the biggest asset to any company. And if you don't have people that are engaged and happy and in a good work environment, you're not going to really succeed. Yeah, totally. HR, you hit it on the spot. You want to have good employees, and then obviously the employees that stay with you. Otherwise, you got to train completely new ones. Yeah. And and I mean, people kind of overlook how important the HR <laughs> section is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you just from working, you know, working at places where they don't see HR as an asset. I mean, my first, my very first job, I was extremely underpaid, overworked, long hours, um, and that was based solely on the fact that our general manager didn't see the value in HR. Um, and I also can tell you that the turnover was really high. And when you have high turnover, that costs a ton of money for the company. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is getting people to stay and keeping those retention rates up because the return on investment is not high when you have people always leaving and the training costs. So that's another huge part of HR, not just, you know, being the bad guy, being the cops. Yeah, totally, totally. Now, what a lot of us deal with the HR when we're working jobs. What are some ways that we can make it kind of easier on you guys and not get in trouble? You know, we still want to have a good relationship with the people in there and have fun. And But how do you not get on your bad side? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, like I know one of my goals is just building rapport with employees, knowing that, you know, we're here, we're here as kind of a, um, I don't know, like a counselor and advocate for you to help you out in any situations that you feel uncomfortable in. Um, 
I think the biggest thing is just building that rapport and knowing that HR is here to support you in anything that you feel uncomfortable with. And obviously when, you know, you're doing things you know you shouldn't, that's where we have to step in and be the bad guy. But um, just taking your job seriously. And I mean, I, the littlest things I see people getting in trouble for, just, you know, being late or um, not following just standard rules. And I think there's nothing really that we can do to work around that. It's policies. It's it is what it is, but we see people that build great relationships and, you know, it's all kind of on your perspective of how you think of them as well. Yeah, it's fascinating because the HR, you're dealing with people. Yeah. And and how you get that morale up in the company obviously results in direct success. Yeah. Now, what are some ways that you're building rapport with people, you're connecting people, um, helping them be um, better employers, keep the morale up and keeping like a team? Because you're building a team, yeah. right? Like you're, yeah. you're inner, inner, inner mingled yeah with the people and, and making it work so how do you, I, I know you did a newsletter you started which yeah. which is really neat what are some other ways yeah there's a lot of different ways I mean I know that like right now in the healthcare industry um, our team in specific we support 75 different clinics so, I mean we get a lot of different demographics a lot of employees you know I work with anyone from just front desk receptionists all the way up to provider level psychologists you know P people with PhDs I work with everything in between and um, specifically when we have bad work environments, we've been going in and doing what we call a climate assessment. It's really assessing the work environment, um, pros and cons. We interview everyone so everyone feels that they have a voice. Um, getting people really engaged to feel like if they think something's wrong, they can talk, they can speak up. And I think that's my biggest recommendation for people in any workplace. If there's something that you feel could be changed, could be better, it's always important to speak up on it. Um, a big thing for me right now is just, like I said, Nick mentioned, a newsletter, getting people engaged with, you know, just simple things like monthly recommendations for podcasts and just making people feel that, like, their health and their work-life balance is really a priority. Because when people bring their full selves to work, that's when you're going to be the most successful. And I think that's important for anyone listening that's a manager or a leader, um, just really making sure that people are super engaged because that's when you're going to get the quality work. You're going to be successful. They're going to be successful. Company is going to be successful. Yeah, this is like a, a big picture thing. You look at sports, the coach is doing the same thing you're yeah. doing. That I mean, you're, you're building camaraderie and, and creating a, a team that is successful. Now, you you uh, work with hiring people, right, too, mm -hmm. the interview process. Yeah. That'd be really fascinating to talk about, too, because a lot yeah. of people obviously have interviews. Yeah, interviews are definitely, um, there's a lot of do's and don'ts. <laughs> I've seen a lot in my day, I would say. Um, like I said, it's been interesting being such a young age, interviewing people, um, I know I've had a lot of people that just don't take me seriously when I interview. Um, that's definitely been a challenge, but it's always funny to kind of prove them wrong and be the last, be the one that has the last word when it comes to uh, who gets the last saying if they're hired or not. But um, I would say really important always being professional. That's the key. Um, dress appropriately. I always tell people in their, before they go to interview, dress one step above what you think they'd be wearing. You can never be too dressed. Um, Simple, basic things like don't chew gum, don't ask too many questions before you're asked, listen to what they have to say, but always be engaged. At the end, it's always important to have questions to show your interest. Um, what are some, like, I would think you go through so many of these interviews that yeah. if someone comes in there with something that makes you, uh, like, something unique, and yeah. like, whoa, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. Obviously, it probably sticks in your head. What are some examples that you've had in the past where you're like, wow, I, we need to get this person? Yeah. I mean, I think personally, to have a really successful interview, the, I mean, your main goal should be to want to stand out. If I'm hiring for one position and I hire seven people, like, what's going to make you stand out? That's really what you always want to think of. Like, do something that's going to really keep me at the top of your mind. If you're the first interview, I want to be able to remember you after I've interviewed six other people. 
Um, and I think when I think about in the past, you know, just even just calling afterwards and just saying, hey, thank you so much. Like just that follow up is really that really stands out. Shooting them an email, telling them how thankful you were that they had the opportunity to talk with you. Um, being really engaged in the interview, um, bringing your resume, just simple things like that are really, really helpful. Okay, okay. You never, you don't remember anything like out of the ordinary that like stuck with you? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, I remember like, you remember a lot of the bad ones, the crazy ones that people ask crazy stuff, but I don't know that I've had anything super outstanding. I mean, just, you know, if people have really impressive answers or they really go out of the box to learn about a lot about the company that's always usually really impressive and sticks with you like if you go into it and you know like you've researched that company you really can give facts that shows you're really interested in not just getting a job I mean a lot of people go into an interview and it's like I just want this job I mean I had one person literally tell me I don't really care I just need a job you know it's yeah. it's really engaging with the interview Okay, so Bill, Bill Rapator with you, yeah. Rapport with you, yeah. that helps out. Yeah. Maybe give you a couple compliments and yeah, and, and yeah, you know, maybe your... <laughs> no, don't go too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you'll get the, the sexual assault kids. Yeah, don't don't hit on. I I had that happen before. Don't do it. It's it doesn't work. Guys think it'll work. Girls think it works, but no, don't do it. You're so pretty. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> Girls get drink. Yeah, it's funny, but hey, you you yeah. hit you talked about. What I brought up at the start. Being at such a young age, and then obviously most of the time you're dealing with older people yeah. in the company, whether it's employees, where you're doing interviews, and you said sometimes it's hard to, for them to take you serious. Now, how do you yeah. go about switching that and uh, showing them that, like, hey, you know, it's better listen up? Yeah. No, it's definitely a struggle, and I deal with it on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I've had physicians straight up tell me, like, yeah, okay, okay, you're just a kid. Like, I'm going to believe what you say, you know? And I think you're always going to get that, and honestly, it all comes down to building rapport and having confidence. Have confidence in knowing what you're talking about. You know, show them that you know the policies, the rules. Show them that you just build that rapport, ultimately. People are always going to have their judgments. No one's ever going to, I don't know, you can speak to that. You know how, you talk about that all the time, people's perceptions, and based on my age, I don't know what I'm talking about, but little do they know, I've experienced, I've done a lot of different work and experienced a lot of different demographics, and just overall experiences. I think that whole age thing, and I've talked to older people too, and they, 30, 35, 40, they're like, yeah, I still feel 18, but you have more responsibilities and all this, but this whole age thing, let's be honest, not a lot of us know what the fuck is going on on this planet, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, we're just here, and that can give you a sense of freedom too, like, hey, they don't know what's going on either, so why don't we, you know, be confident and, and go about our business and and I've heard that a lot from older people. And I, someone told me this, a, a very a person I look up to, said older people are, are just people with more failure. They failed more in their life. Yeah. So, like, why are you letting them, you know, get in your way? And you look at so many successful people in the past, been young people, just, just paving the way. And if you're confident in yourself, if you believe in yourself, other people are going to believe it. You know what I mean? So I think after, like, a quick, you, you show them what's good, then they're, they, they shape up real nice. Yeah, but I mean, I definitely think it's a struggle, especially being kind of classified as a millennial. We kind of get this reputation of like, just not really hard workers, not, you know, we jump around from job to job, all these different things. But I mean, people are going to think what they're going to think. And at the end of the day, usually the people that I'm talking to, they're in there for some reason that they're in trouble. They're mad. They're, you know, I don't know. It's, it's all about how you carry yourself. And I've had a lot of people tell me, dang, I can't believe you're only 23. Like the way you carry yourself is amazing in the way, you know, your knowledge and the your maturity so I, it really is just down to your confidence and how you carry yourself the way you approach situations I mean I think 
being being really empathetic to being really empathetic to situations and um, everything that people are going to experience. You deal with people of all walks of life. And just being really empathetic to all of that is important because you never know what someone's dealing with outside of work that's making them act the way that they are. I don't know. I think that that's something that I've come across a lot. Too. Oh, that's a big thing. Yeah, like when, you don't, I mean you don't know. It's we've had a lot of situations where you know I'm doing an investigation or I'm about to term someone, and you know you find out behind closed doors they're you know going through domestic abuse. They're going through you know it's really important to look at all the situations and say, okay, look. Like, this is what happened. You obviously broke our policy, but let's see what we can do to help you. I mean, it's it's like a twofold thing. Work with them, and they'll work with you. I think that's a life thing. Uh, yeah, Sanji uh, Chopra talked about the other day. He said, uh, and he related to, like, your uh, road rage, and mm-hmm. you're driving on the road, and someone cuts you off. Like, think of it in your mind as, hey, they're going to go see a, a relative in the hospital. Yeah. Like, you don't know what's going on in people's heads, so you can't, most of the time, don't take offense to it. They're, they're in their own world, too. So you, the way you kind of look at it, don't don't get pissed off at at what they do. I like that a lot. Um, but Kelly, yeah, you're you're 23, got a good job, got um, a head on your shoulders. You're doing really well. No uh, college debt. How'd you uh, get to this point in your life so far? I mean, high school, college. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I graduated, so I'm young for my age. So I had a little factor in that. That was a little bit of a um, one leg up for me. But I I was I was lucky because I knew well. I knew for the most part what I wanted to do like ever since I was little. So I went to school and I actually started college right when I graduated at 17. Um, I started college going for criminal law. So I did my first three years studying criminology, mock trial. I was set on being a lawyer. Senior year came around and I had a complete switch. I was, I freaked out law school. The thought of law school scared the crap out of me. Um, and my senior year, I called my mom and I was like, I don't think this is what I want to do. And of course, you know, being a mom, she was like, well, you better figure it out because you got one year left. <laughs> um, I actually ended up transferring schools completely to Concordia, changed my uh, major senior year. And I actually did an online program where you could take um, the courses were five weeks at a time. So I just busted it out and I actually graduated still on time. Um, with a complete major change my hold senior on, year. How did you deal with that whole episode where you're like, oh my God, you get that far and you have like that break in reality. Like what the hell am I going to do? How'd yeah. you deal through that time? Um, I definitely think it's something that happens to a lot of people. So if anyone out there is listening and they're going through that, um, don't stress. I think the biggest thing I took a step back and I really had to think like, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And you know, you're spending this money to go to college you're taking these classes you're doing that and you want to be happy with what you have when you're done um even if it means you know you got to do an extra year you got to take some extra classes i think it's really important to remember that i got lucky and i got to do a program um it wasn't easy to say the least i didn't take any breaks i did classes over winter break i did classes over summer so it was hard work to get done on time but um i think it was totally worth it in the end getting that degree that i know that i'm going to be satisfied with and you ended with no college debt correct yeah how'd you do that yeah well, I was really lucky. I had uh, my parents who helped okay. support me, and then I also um, I worked two jobs my whole time throughout high school. Really? And oh, college. high school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. High school and college. So I always bartended and served. So I was really busy. Being busy is what kind of keeps me sane. Um, but I definitely, yeah, I had a little bit of help, but I paid for some of my own just through bartending and working actually two jobs. So let's hit on that uh, that that serving life too. Yeah. You've done it with the twins. You've done nice yeah. restaurants. Yeah. Um, you're a good server, right? You get you get tips. Yeah. You're not too bad yeah, with it. Not too bad. Talk about that serving life quick. Yeah. Um, I think that that's definitely, like I said, since I was 15. Isn't it a great skill to learn? Like yeah, people skill? 
everyone out there, I always tell people, I recommend you serve at least once in your life because it really teaches you like to be what it's like to be on the other side. Um, I've been doing it since I was 15, so bartending, serving, I've started my way. First job ever was working at McDonald's, then I started serving and worked my way up to nice, finer dining restaurants where I was serving, you know, people like Chris Humphreys and the Vikings players. Is that when he was dating Kardashian? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so... Um, I've kind of seen it all, but it definitely, that was where my kind of passion for people started, just working directly alongside people. But it's a really good skill to have. You learn, you know, multitasking, being quick on your feet, how to handle really difficult people. I mean, and there's people that, if you want to talk about being talked down to, serving, like, they pretty much think you're nothing. You get humbled. Yeah, and little did they know, people would get to know me, and they would realize I'm working two jobs to help pay for school, and I'm getting a degree, and it's really fascinating how quick, you know, they turn their... Uh, attitude around and treat you with a little more respect. So, yeah, what was the uh, networking too? Did you network yeah, a lot when you were serving? Yeah, met I a lot of good people. Yeah, it's a really good place to network. I mean, I met a lot of people that ended up being like my mentors. Helped me. One of them actually helped me get in with the twins, which was super awesome. Really? Yeah. So it's a really good place to network too. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, <clears throat> I just met. Um, I was uh, at a place eating. No, thank you. And uh, there was this lady who's like been like a serial entrepreneur, and she had a shop, clothing shop, in Copenhagen, and then wasn't making up money, had to, to cancel it, and she was floor managing at a, it was a, it was a nicer restaurant, but uh, she's like 37 and, and all that, but she's like, hey, no, I'm gonna be back, I'm getting back on my feet, and it's a perfect spot to network, and I'm meeting all these different people, and but just the way she was like, she started conversations, and she wasn't just doing her job, you know, making whatever they make an hour, but she was trying to get more out of it, yeah. and uh, I think that's a really cool thing like when you're doing a job like think about what bigger picture you can do than just your salary or just what you're making per hour what this is your life yeah this is your it's ticking away like yeah. how can you make the most out of out of the job you're doing yeah. it sounds like well it turned into the twins game let's, mm -hmm. let's talk about that yeah. twins that's sweet yeah it was awesome minnesota so, twins baseball yeah. so first job out well i was still finishing a couple months i had a couple months left of college Got an internship, um, started out with my internship. Within two months, I was offered a full-time gig. They were pretty short-staffed, so I was taking on, you know, a lot of responsibilities like payroll and full-cycle recruitment, so recruiting like 600 people at a time. It was crazy. Um, so they actually offered me, they were impressed with how I was doing, offered me a full-time gig. It was super awesome. Hours were kind of crazy, but the, the experiences were great. You know, sometimes when you're thrown into those situations that you're not necessarily prepared for, it teaches you a lot. I mean, I would have never had the opportunity to probably learn payroll the way that I didn't have that knowledge and get experience in you know all different sectors of HR which has really helped me um, on my journey moving forward just having that experience and being able to add that to my resume so during this whole time you were yeah. bartending too and stuff yeah the twins. Yep. so bartending on the side you know it's really nice for people that are listening you know you know how it is to bartend it's pretty flexible you can kind of pick your hours but yeah it's a great great side hustle for sure um, good way to interact with people, meet people. I was new to the Twin Cities, so it was a really good way for me to meet people, network, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, tell me, hold on, how you got that Twins thing. You said you met her through serving? Yeah, yeah. So I met um, one of the guys that was a regular at uh, this restaurant that I worked at, Cove in Wyzetta. Um, it's he a good actually, spot. Yeah, it's a super good spot. If anyone's in Wyzetta, check it out. Super good in the summer. Um, yeah, so he came in there all the time. He built a really good rapport with me, and he was like, hey, this was probably two months into me living up there. He was like, hey, I know a really good place that you should work, and I think you'd be great. They're looking for an HR intern. So he actually got me connected with them, went through, you know, the same process, interview process, all that. But, of course, it helps to have a good good word in there. That's, And I'm going to be honest, in the corporate America these days, 
networking and knowing people. That's really, really how you get in with most places. Um, yeah, the greed don't cut it no more. Yeah, it's it sucks, but that's the, really the importance of networking. And I think just on that note, just really everywhere you go, you never know where you're going to meet them again. So leaving a good impression. Um, it's crazy the people that I run into, like, hey, you used to work there, you used to work there. And so just really always, like, maintaining a good composure and just building good relationships because you never know when you're going to meet them again and it could be you know if you disrespect someone or treat them poorly it could hurt you in the end yeah i mean we're going to do a, a pop-up episode on networking because yeah. there's so many stories i mean my life and other people's lives that's just like that one chance coincidence you met this person that did i mean networking is what it's all about it's, three, it's who you huge. know it's, everyone it's says one it of the keys true. to success i'd say now so but cool, Kelly. So you're you're doing that. You're doing the the HR and all that. Yeah. I know on like personal side, you're um you kind of got into you know, meditation or like crystals yeah. and uh, essential oils, yeah. and you kind of want to get into how you stay uh, mentally uh, healthy. I mean, you deal yeah. with people and problems yeah. nonstop day to day yeah. with HR. So how do you? Because uh, we were talking about this before about how like psychologists are usually like the most messed up people, mm-hmm. and some and these HR people are supposed to be like your counselors, but they everyone's got problems. Yeah. So how do you stay? Um, clear-headed and and whatnot well I can definitely say yeah the stuff that I deal with I I laugh about it but I sometimes call myself an adult babysitter I mean quite frankly like the stuff that we deal with sometimes it's ridiculous but then there's some heavy stuff you know people that are going through some real things you know I just dealt with sexual harassment case and then dealing with you know people that have been are in domestic abuse situations and just real life things where people are struggling um it definitely it can weigh on you and I think you know you have to kind of build to just be numb to that but um, I used to just kind of use working out as a way to relieve stress, but actually when I met Nick, he got me, I was always kind of into essential oils, but he got me a little more into just the meditation aspect of things, um, using essential oils, diffusers, lotions, just really taking that time, I think, like every day to just like separate yourself from social media. I mean, for me personally, I'll go for walks, like I live right by a lake, so I'll go for walks around the lake, take a book, just don't take your phone, really just like disconnect from everything. I think it's so important. Um, yeah, just really like social media is it's great for a lot of things, but it's really toxic. And I would say that was one thing in my life before that, you know, just not ever taking that break. It was really toxic to my mental health. Um, went through a lot of stuff like a year ago and I was really at a kind of a bad place. And that's actually when I met Nick, we kind of connected on just, you know, ways to be better mentally and, um, just using a lot of those tactics has been really helpful. Yeah. That, that disconnected. Yeah. That is huge. You just kind of. Because we always talk about you got the phone on you now 24-7 and you're constantly connected to everyone. Yeah. But you got to just escape it for a little bit. It doesn't matter how long. Go to the park and have, have a book, but go for a walk. I love walking. I was in Colorado. I used to do walk. We had the mountain views and all that. And, but it does. It just like – it just clears your head. It really does. It's, it's a form of mindfulness. You don't do – you got to do the whole Zen meditation if you don't want. But also those essential oils. Those things are yeah. freaking crazy. Yeah. You know, the lavender, I love the lavender. Yeah. I got the lemongrass to wake up. There's some orange ones. And mm-hmm. you get one of those little humidifiers on, on Amazon. Yeah. Pretty cheap and, yeah. and throw it in there. But I mean, I can tell you a year ago, I would have never, I would have told you you were crazy if you told me to leave my phone for like two hours and go for a walk by yourself. You know, I would feel so disconnected. And now that I do it, I, I love it. People will get mad at me. They'll be like, hey, why are you not texting me back? You know, because I'm just not on my phone. I'm just... Leave it. Be present in the moment. I think that's a big thing with social media and just like enjoying the now, enjoying where you're at. I know you guys have gotten into that before, just kind of being present and not worrying so much about what's going on with others. 
It's really yeah. bad for your mental health, I would say. Yeah, that phone is not present. Like, you, everything's going on 24-7. Like, you're not... That, that phone is freaking dangerous. I'm telling yeah. you. It's gonna, I wonder what's going to happen 20, 30 years when we start seeing the effects. But, um, God, I was just going to say phone, mindfulness, uh, present... Oh, yeah, like set a time where you respond to emails. I know yeah. uh, uh, Tim Ferriss talked about this in his four-hour work week where he'd set a block. Like, yeah. you know, here's my time that I'm going to respond. And people think like, oh, if I don't get back to everyone soon, you know, they're not going to like it. But actually people respect it. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow, they're valuing their time. You know, I got it. When, when I do get the response from the message, like, I better appreciate it. And I think that's a big key, that, that four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss. And that was back in the early 2000s when he figured that out. But I think that's a big key. Um Kelly, what else in this HR world yeah. or your life that you want to well, speak yeah, on? I, I mean, I can just say working for a company now that we take, they take, I mean, the company itself takes so much pride in like whole person care and really that work-life balance, which Nick, you kind of brought up. But even my manager, she's a workaholic. She's really like, go, go, go. And she will actually set, when she's doing her emails on the weekend, she'll actually um, change her reply time so it won't send until Monday morning because she wants to make sure that her employees, all of us, don't get the messages over the weekend and feel like, you know, I'm setting that example that they have to respond. So just really, you know, even if you're an employee or you're a leader out there, just really having that work-life balance because it's essential. And I noticed just on our team how much it builds that really good, like, culture and um, feeling like, you know, on the weekends we can take our time, we can go and have family time. So well, I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, lead by example too, and, and show yeah. them that. Um, because you know, if our if my if my boss is sending emails Saturday at five p.m., if I'm getting emails, I'm gonna think, hey, I have to respond. Like, my boss is working. I should be working. So. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, the good thing I want to talk about. Um, when I met you, you were like really into the traveling thing at that time. Like, yeah. I was, but I wasn't. I didn't really care. And then obviously, I did this whole Europe thing, and it totally changed me. Opened up my mind. All the cliches, but. You've been into this traveling thing, yeah. and, and what are the, the benefits and the effects of what you get from it? Yeah, um, I've been into traveling for a while. I was lucky uh, that I actually have one of my good friends whose sister works for Delta, so we, we kind of did some crazy, really crazy spontaneous trips two years ago. Um, we, got on a, we went to the airport, had no idea where we were going, just kind of got on a flight and left, and I can tell you that it just really opens your mind to, you know, the other cultures how things are and really puts you in like the present and just taking that time to get away from work and experience other things see how other people live i don't know you can speak to that because you've been i mean you've been to like 30 countries or however many you're at it's yeah i think crazy. it's i it's, think it's that flow state yeah. i think it's like when you go to a different place first of all everything's new yeah so like puts you out of your comfort zone for sure yeah like I, I travel here all by myself and you know nick and i have been together a little bit but i've been doing my own thing too and it's definitely People are like, wow, you're crazy for doing that. But you just feel really, like, you just have time to just be at yourself. Like, be at peace. Be by yourself. And really just take in all that's around you without worrying about who's next to you. Oh, look at this guy. Dirt bikes. No, 100%. I, um, I think people think they can get scary or whatever and all that. But it's honestly... Jeez. <laughs> wow bad boys but uh i think it's like uh it's um freeing because like you're here you don't know nobody don't know nothing you can be whatever the hell you want you can do whatever you want you're not afraid of judgments you're out of yeah. your comfort zone everything's new your senses are more aware and you get out of your freaking head yeah. and you get in that flow thing and i'm yeah. always talking about this flow state no matter what it is it was, it was with the cooking it's with the music it's with the sports and i think that's where like your, your uniqueness comes out, your what you got inside you that's special, and how yeah. you create. 
is getting out of your head and flowing and just being the present, living the present. All meshes together. I know it sounds like a um, one of those you say like uh, words, but they don't any more meaning to it. Like I'm just kind of spitting really, stuff out there. Really, it's though, true, though, all of this ties into what you know. Me as someone who works in HR, we preach to people about you know bringing your full self to work. You can't yes. be successful at what you do if you're not happy. If you're not fully. You know, if you're not fully, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but if you're like, like not fully mentally, it, yeah. if you're not engaged Present, in the work, yeah, yeah. yeah, you gotta, I mean, I know people that are super overworked um, that come to work and they don't bring their full selves and ultimately that's what makes, you know, my job as someone in HR difficult because you have to, we don't want to have to like performance manage and do all that. We're here to build a good culture and make sure you're engaged, make sure that the work environment is sustainable and it's going to be successful. And so I think that that's a huge thing, making sure that you're fully good and it mentally is. and engaged and what I can tell you is if you're not happy at a job life's too short like find something you're going to be happy doing it's going to benefit everyone that's just like that's the, the whole nine to five the cubicle thing like it's just you can't live for just the weekends to get messed up yeah and I know people got to make money and do things but I mean sometimes you got to sacrifice sometimes you just got to get out of your comfort zone a lot of times it's just settling you're settling. You gotta get the paycheck. Gotta pay the debt back, and you gotta. But people gotta get out of that, because then the, the days turn into weeks, the weeks turn into months, and it just goes. All of a sudden, you're 30, you're 35, 40, 50, like it, it stops. Yeah. And I think a big way to, to not have that happen is to, to get out of your comfort zone, get out of routines. Like you want to have like healthy routines, but you gotta do something. The traveling that opens yeah. up everything, because like you're, it's a whole new experience, and you're not. Because when you get in routines, the things fly when you have it you know what i mean it, it goes by really quick but that's fascinating too like just how do you, how do we do it in the corporate world to get people loving their nine to five and engage i mean you got to really love what you're doing it's tough it is and that's you know a big part of what i do and um the work that we do on our hr team i do like i said a lot of employee relations so dealing with ways that we can get people engaged you know if it's just simple things like having a potluck making you know doing recognition for length of service just doing things that really make people want to come to work and feel like hey my employer cares about me like I, the work I'm that's a big reason why I love HR because I know that like in some way I'm helping people feel engaged feel good about what they're doing if they're happy gives you a purpose yeah so I think that's really like the key find what you're find what you love and it sounds really cliche but find what you love to do I thought like I thought I was set on going to be a lawyer and then I I'm in this career now and I realize I'm at the right place I'm doing what I love Get a good variety. What's the future hold? Oh, I don't know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Some things coming, but I don't know. Can't speak on that yet. Well, Callie, I hope you have a, a great trip. I hope it's yeah, uh, a, a great experience. Remember, you learn a lot of stuff. And then, um, I mean, you said a lot of good things. I appreciate you being a fan since the beginning. And, and you've been you've been talking about wanting to reach out to other people in the community and help yeah. them out or, or work and accountability stuff. Yeah. and. We're going to figure some of that out and get it moving because that's the key. We want to build that community yeah. of people. That, you know how important it is to have a good circle network, around Network, network. And if, you know, resumes, anything like that, if any of the listeners have questions on that, you know, a key to getting a job, good resume, good interviewing skills, definitely we can get in touch and I can get you some tools and resources that you need. So That would be huge. I think a lot yeah. of people need that now. That would be it, really nice. Honestly, not to go in too much further about it, but a resume is the first, you know, resume and cover letter, those are the first thing an employer sees, and they can be a, if you don't have it structured the right way and have the information that you need on there, it can be 
a really quick way to get disqualified. So that's awesome. Yeah. Callie, appreciate you coming on and yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, enjoy this trip.